after Jacob. When Rebekah was told that her older son Esau had said, she sent for her younger son Jacob and said to him, your brother Esau is planning to avenge himself by killing you. Now then, my son, do what I say. Flee at once to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay with him for a while until your brother's fury subsides. Awesome. So now in this moment, um, Jacob received an advice from his mother to run away and to go and stay at his brother's uh, place called Laban, which was uh, Jacob's uncle, uh, for, as a strategy of, uh, of safety. All right? So now Jacob is on his way to, to Laban. So now at some point he got tired because it was late and uh, he had to sleep. So we will read uh, from Genesis 28, verse 12. Somebody will just read verse 12, and somebody else will read from verse 18 up to 20. So who's ready? Okay, cool. Genesis 28, verse 12. And he dreamed a stairway was set on the ground with its top reaching the sky, and God's angels were going up and down on it. As another translation, just on that particular verse. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to the heaven, and behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Just notice one thing very interesting. He said that when he arrived, he had a dream. This is when he was fleeing from his brother who was about to kill him. Now he arrives, he takes the stone and he uses it as a cushion. As he was, while he was lying, he has this dream, he sees a ladder. Instead of saying, instead of starting by saying, he's, by saying, you saw angels descending and ascending. No, no, he starts by saying, you saw angels ascending and descending. Very interesting. But we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So let's read now from verse 18 up to 20. So early in the morning, Jacob took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on, it, on top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of the city was Luz, Luz at first. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and I will give him the bread to eat and clothing to wear. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go, and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I come again to my father's house, in peace, and the Lord shall be my God. Uh, verse 22. And this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And all that, I, and all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. So right now we're on a, we're on a place where he has this vision, and after this vision... 
is, is now awake and he's saying, wow, surely the Lord is here. And I didn't know. Now he takes a stone. He anoints the stone. And then he, he makes a vow before God. And he says to God, while I'm running away from my brother, if you will protect me, if you will keep me safe, this is what I'm going to do. First, you will be my God. And then secondly, he says, um, let me just read it so that I say what, what he's saying. He said, um, the first thing he says, if I come again from my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, and this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. He, he makes a vow to build God's house. And the third one, he says, and of all that you, you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. He promises to God to give him the tithe of everything that God has given to him. This is his response to whatever he had as an experience in that place which he named Bethel. What is even interesting is that when you read in Genesis 12, when uh, Abraham was on his way, when he, when he made the covenant with God, the Lord appeared to him, he arrived at a place which, he, he, which was Bethel. He built an altar, he worshipped God in that place, and it was basically on the same spot. And what is interesting is that many years later, his grandson, without knowing, arrives on this same spot, gets a stone, lies there. Suddenly, what he sees, he doesn't see angels descending and ascending. No, he says he sees angels ascending and descending. There is a reason why. Now, he calls that place Bethel, the house of God. That's basically the meaning of Bethel, the house of God. All right? So, so now, let's continue with the whole thing. So now, Jacob arrives at the house of Laban, who was his uncle, his, brother, his mother's brother. So now, when he arrives there, I'm going to try to shorten things so that we, 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 we go to the points. When he arrives there, he, he marries Rachel, marries Leah, works there for many years, works basically for 20 years. Lives there for, for 20 years. He works for 14 years to get both his wives. We're not going to get into that. But at some point, there is an issue. There was a jealousy between the sons of Laban and Jacob, because Jacob was very prosperous. In fact, he said to Laban, I didn't prosper because I was working for you, because I have prospered because God was with me. But then a chapter later, the Bible says that his sons were getting jealousy, jealous about Jacob's prosperity. In fact, even the attitude of Laban started changing. So we'll read about that, so that you don't think I'm trying to make a story. So let's read from Genesis 31, from verse 1 to verse 3. The reason why I'm doing this is because I believe we need to start thinking biblically. I don't want you to come out here with my ideas. I would like you to come out here with what the Scripture says. So that you see for yourself that this is actually what the Scripture says. I am in charge of the Bible school. I decided to, 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 to preach this way. To, to give you a desire to read the word. All right? So that 
I don't have to preach this way only when there is Bible school, so that you can come to Bible school, right? I have to preach like this so that you have a desire to love the Word, to see the beauty that is actually in Scripture, all right? So, from Genesis 31, verse 1, up to verse 3, Wilbert. Take a word that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob was taking everything our father owned and has gained all, his, all this wealth and from what belonged to our father. And Jacob noticed that Laban's attitude toward him was not what it had been. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives, and I will be with you. Verse 41, the heat consumed me in the daytime and the cold at night and sleep flat for my eyes. And it was like this for 20 years and I was in your household. I worked for you 14 years for your two daughters and six six years for your flocks. And you changed my wages 10 times. If the Lord of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear and the and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, then you would surely, then you would surely have sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen my heart up and my toil from my hands. And last night He rebuked you. You can see there was a little bit of tension. Jacob is saying, "If it wasn't because of God, I would have left your house empty-handed." And when we read in Verse 1 up to 3, at one point the Lord appeared to him and said, you need to go back to, to the land. So now, I would like to read um, verse 11 of the same chapter. Uh, let me just check. Yes. So let somebody may, may read for us verse 11 up to verse 13. In the dream, God's messenger said to me, Jacob, and I said, I'm here. He said, look up and watch all the striped, speckled, and spotted male goats mounting the flock. I've seen everything that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a sacred pillar and where you made a solemn promise to me. I am the, I am the God of Bethel where you anointed a sacred pillar and where you made a solemn promise to me. Now, get up and leave this country and go back to the land of your relatives. To read this. Or perhaps you don't have to, to go through that. So you actually see that in that instance, when Jacob is speaking about the old, the old vision he had, the angel appeared to him and, and reminded him of the experience he had at Bethel. God is saying, I am actually the God who appeared to you at Bethel, the place where you made a promise. 
the place where you made a covenant. In other words, when Jacob made that vow, God took it very seriously. It's like when um, faith and, um, what's that name again? Telefato made that commitment. We, it, maybe it was like a joke for you, but God took it very, 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 very seriously. I'm telling you, because God is very, 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 very serious about what he does. God doesn't just do things for the sake of doing. He does things for a purpose. So God was very committed to, was very um, aware of what he wanted to do. So now, the Lord told him to go, to go there. And um, let's read from, uh, so now, the Lord promised him to, in fact, told him to, to go back to, 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 that, to the same place, to Bethel. Let's read from uh, Genesis 33 up to verse, uh, from verse 17 up to 79. From 17 to 79. Oh, from 17 to 19. Sorry. Sorry, my bad. That's my bad. English. All right. From 17 to 19. Otherwise, you will sleep here. Verse 17. But Jacob went to Sarkot. He built a house for himself and shelters for his livestock. That is why the place was called Sarkot. After Jacob came from Padan Aran, he arrived safely at Sechem in the land of Canaan and camped in front of the city. He purchased a section of the field where he had pitched his tent from the sons of Hamor. Sechem's father for a hundred pieces of silver. Here, here is now the, in this instance, now Jacob is back. But when the angel appeared to him, the angel asked him to go back to Bethel. But when he went to Settle, in this particular chapter, it, was, it wasn't exactly on the same spot in the same area. So now, as a consequence of moving to this, to Sarkot and Shechem, as a result, we will read in chapter 34, we will read the first verse of chapter 34. Somebody will read for us. Um, now, Dina, the daughter of Leah, whom she had born to, ja to Jacob, went out to see the women of the land. And when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, the prince of the land, saw her, he seized her and lay with her and humiliated her. And his soul was drawn to Dinah, the daughter of Jacob. He loved the young woman and spoke tenderly to her. Huh? Leah's, Leah's daughter, Dithaniah, whom Leah bore to Jacob, went out to see some of the young women of the area. When Sechem 
son of Hamath, the Havite, who was the region's chieftain, saw her. He took her and raped her. He became infatuated with Jacob's daughter, Deniah. Here's the, here's the thing. Jacob is not back at Bethel. He's in Sakot, and also at Shechem, which is not necessarily where he had to be. What happens is his daughter is being raped. He's being raped. He's in trouble. And there was even much more trouble than this, which we'll read later, because he had 11 boys. At this time, Benjamin wasn't born yet. Now imagine 11 brothers with one sister. Now a guy takes the boldness of raping the sister. You know how many trouble, how much trouble he was looking for himself. So now the, the, the main issue here is that Jacob first is not, is not settled where he should settle. The question that I'm asking you, are you in God's will? Are you where the Lord wants you to be? Are you in the space according to that which God said? You know, there is a statement that Mary made when the angel appeared to her. She said, let it be done according to your words. I believe for me, Christianity is living a life, having a life, living according to that which God has said. Jesus said, I came to do the will of my Father. The will of God is his word. That's the will of God. So, before I can even start developing into that. So, Jacob is in trouble because his daughter is raped. And now, let's read in the same on the same chapter from verse 25. This is when his sons are now angry at the whole situation. Let's see what they do. Um, yeah, go this, you can read. On the third day, uh, this is the same chapter, verse 25. On the third day, when they were still in pain, two of Jacob's sons and Dinah's brothers, Simeon and Levi, took their swords, came into the city, which suspected nothing, and killed every male. They killed Hamer and his son, Sechem, with their swords, took Dana. Dinah from Shechem's house, household and left. They, those boys, they were rough. They went to kill hectically. In fact, when the guy raped the girl, he fell in love with the girl, he started negotiating, he was a prince. He started negotiating if he could marry. They said, well, you can marry. Politically, they said, yes. But the two boys, Levi and Simeon, they were still angry. They went there, murdered so many people. But now Jacob is afraid because he's, he's not really settled there. In his own, it's not his comfort, comfort zone. He's not closer to Isaac. He's, he's now afraid of losing even his life, of being now in trouble. So now let's read in verse uh, 30. What does it say there? 30 of the same chapter, 34. Verse 30. 
Yeah. Can someone read verse 30? Yeah, from 30 to 31. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have brought trouble on me, making me odious to the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites and the Perizzites. We are, the, we are few in number. If they unite against us and attack me, I and my household will be destroyed. But they answered, Should he treat our sister like a prostitute? This is now Jacob speaking to his sons because he's in trouble They've killed, they've murdered people now. They have revenge and it's, it's terrible. But now in this particular context, God comes to speak to Jacob. The next chapter, verse 1, verse 2, 35. God spoke to Jacob. Go back to Bethel. Stay there and build an altar uh, to the God who revealed himself to you when you were running for your life from your brother Esau. Okay. Who has got a, the King James Version? Who's got a King James Version? Okay. KG. Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there, and make an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. This is where the, my, the title of my sermon comes from. The Lord said to him, while he was in Sakot, while he was in all of this trouble, the Lord appeared to him and said, Go back to Bethel and dwell there. He didn't say, Go and Maybe stay there for some times. No. God said, go and remain there. You know, it's like some of you are from Joburg. Where you dwell maybe is Joburg. But you, in Cape Town, you're here just for a season. So your, your dwelling place is actually your permanent residence where you stay. So God said to him, I want you back at Bethel. Here's the thing. What happened at Bethel? Bethel is that place where he saw God. It's the place where he had an heavenly encounter. Running away from stealing from his brother. Rubbing a blessing from his brother. Running away for his life because his brother was about to kill him. While he was in his way, God appears to him. And in that place, he saw angels ascending and descending. It was an open heaven place. It was a place of connection. It was a place where the presence of God was real. The presence of God was authentic. Without even him knowing there was already an angelic movement. The presence of God was real. But also, God was very much committed to the vow he made. About him being his God. Building a temple for him. But also, giving him 
the tithe of the 10% of everything. God took that seriously. Every time he appeared to him, he mentioned to him the promises he made. You know, when you made your commitment to the Lord when you got saved, it sounded like a simple prayer. But the Lord took it very seriously. I'm wanting to say, everything we do in our lives, we've got to learn to take seriously every single thing we do. Some people live as if there's still a proper time to do some other things. No. Every single moment of our life is very important. Melissa, how are you? Wake up. <laughs> okay, cool. What I'm sharing is very important. So I'm saying God is very committed to all, to everything that we do. God is committed to your studies. God is committed to your life. God is committed to your future. God is in everything. If you think when you made Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, you were making a joke, you were not making a joke. It was a very serious thing. So now, what should you not do? What are the things that we must not do when we are at Bethel? When we are in that space, in the presence of God. I'm going to give you an example of a king that was crazy. This king went to Mesap at Bethel. What's it? Is it the book? Now you're going to talk. It's in the Bible, my friend. It's in the Bible. First king. First king. First king. First king. Let's go in First Kings 12, verse 25, 29. Tapiwa. First King verse 25. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim and lived there. And he went out from there and built Peniel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now the kingdom will turn back to the house of David. If this people go up to offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will turn again to their Lord, to Rehoboam, king of Judah. And they will kill me and return to Rehoboam, king of Judah. So the king took counsel and made two calves of gold, and he said to the people, You have gone up to Jerusalem long enough. Behold, your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And he set one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan. Then this thing became a sin, for the people went as far as Dan to be before one. He also made temples on high places and appointed priests among all the people who were not of the Levites. And so let's, where do you go from, from verse 16? The same chapter. Yeah. And when all Israel saw that the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king, What portion do we have in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. 
to your tents, O Israel. Look now to your own house, David. So Israel went to, to their tents, but Rehoboam reigned over the people of Israel who lived in the cities of Judah. And behold, a man of God came out of Judah by the word of the Lord to Bethel. Jeroboam was standing by the altar to make offerings. And the men cried against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, Behold, a son shall be born to the house of David, Josiah by name, and he shall sacrifice on you the priests of the high places will make offerings on you, and human bones shall be burned on you. And he gave the sign the same day, saying, This is the sign that the Lord has spoken. Behold, the altar shall be torn down, and the ashes that are on it shall be poured out. And when the king heard the saying of the men of God, which he cried against the altar at Bethel, Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, Seize them. And his hand, which he stretched out against him, dried up, so that he could not draw it back to himself. The altar also was torn down, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign that the men of God had given by the word of the Lord. And the king said to the men of God, Entreat now the favor of the Lord your God, and pray for me, that my hand may be restored to me. And the men of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him, and became as it was before. Here is a man who went to Mesab at the spot where God encountered, happened already with Jacob. And he went to set up idols. What happened is there was a judgment that came upon him. What I believe one of the things that we should not do when you are at Bethel, do not set up other things that you feel comfortable, your own things, your own idols, in the name of God. In other words, like I was saying the other time, setting up a worship, not in God's way, and doing it in, God's, in, in your own way. In other words, developing a Christianity according to you, a, a Christianity according to your culture, a Christianity according to your own package. There will not be, there cannot be unity between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. So now, just before I finish off, in John chapter 1, Jesus meets Nathanael. He meets him for the first time. He said to him, while you were under the tree, 
I saw you. In fact, he said to him, he is a man in whom there is, no, there is no deceit. So he asked Jesus, how do you know me? Jesus said to him, while you were still under the tree, I saw you. And now in John 1 verse 51, Jesus says to him, in fact, from now on, you will be seeing angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Jesus was the embodiment of the Bethel. Jesus was the fulfillment of that reality of Bethel. Right in that moment. In fact, if you read, if you, if you read the next chapter, which is chapter 3 of John, the Bible says three days later, Jesus was in Canaan. He went to Canaan. In fact, that was the place where Jesus performed his first miracle. And if you read in verse, I think it's verse 11, the Bible says, when he changed the world into one with the miracles and everything, the Bible says his disciples believed in him. Well, his disciples met him already before that. Three days ago, they were with him. Nathanael was also there. But that was the moment where there was no impossibility. Now in John 15, Jesus said, he's the vine. He says, I am the vine. He says, if you abide in me, if you dwell in me, you will bear much fruit. And in the same chapter, he says, if you abide in me, let's read that scripture. Verse 7 up to verse 8. I so love that scripture. Jesus says, if you dwell in me, Bethel was just the place. But in this dispensation, we do not have to go to Israel. You do not have to go to a specific place. Jesus is actually the place where you and I are living in. Jesus is our destiny. Jesus is the place where you and I have now this access to God. Jesus said, nobody comes to the Father unless by me. John 12, uh, 15, from verse 7 to 8. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done at done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. He said, if you abide in me, whatever you will ask, my Father will do it. He said, if you abide in me, if you abide in my word, he said, by this my Father will be glorified. And that's exactly what happened. In John 3, when Jesus was at this feast, after he's had a conversation about ascending and descending of angels, three days later, now there is no wine. Mary says to the servant, just do whatever he will say. Just obey him. There was no impossibility. You know why? Because he was in the Father, and the Father was in him. That's the beauty of our Christianity. When you are in Christ, you are at Bethel. And God is saying tonight, go back to Bethel. Don't visit there. Dwell there. He's saying, 
abide in me. In Psalm 91, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Lord dwells under the shadow of the Almighty. That's our hiding place. That's our dwelling place. It implies a lifestyle. The Bible says, God dwells in the praises of his people. Dwelling implies a continuous activity. In other words, it's, it's something continuous. In other words, as we, we live a life, if we have a lifestyle that praises God, it creates an environment where God is being hosted. God inhabits the praises of his people. Let the praises, let praise and worship become your lifestyle. If that is the place where God inhabits, then let it be your portion. In other words, if our, our prayer should be, God, if you inhabit, if you dwell in the praises of your people, then let praises be the fruit of my lips. Then let my life become praises unto you. So that then you will be, I will be unto you a dwelling place. And you will be unto me a dwelling place. So I will be in you, you will be in me. Jesus said, I pray that you may be one just as I am one with him. He was saying to the Father, the same glory you gave to me, you also gave to them. This is what Jesus did for us. This is the beauty of being in Christ. And the book of Hebrews speaks of God availing his, his angels for those that have inherited of salvation. Because that's the portion of those who are in Christ. Let's stand. Let's stand. We're going to pray. I would like you to To open your heart to God. That to sincerely just bring your heart before the Father. I would like you to say to the Father, God, I would like to be that dwelling place where you can dwell. If praise is your dwelling place, then let my life be a praise unto you. Jesus, you are that Bethel that I'm deciding today to come back to. Perhaps I went into some other places. There have been many troubles. I, cho I chose my own ways. But today, I'm wanting to decide to do things not my way, but your way. But your way. 